Okay, as we're gathering back to our seats, uh, we're going to continue on with our message and our series that we've been going through. And I think it's been a great time going through the book of Philippians. I love going through the Bible. So it's been a great time just going verse by verse through the Bible. We're going to continue with our series through Philippians, uh, Joy at All Times. And we're going to look at chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. Okay, so just to give you a little context, okay, so last time we looked at the first part of chapter 3, where Paul talked about not trusting in our flesh. And remember, we had talked about the flesh being a lot of different things. The flesh could mean a lot of different things. One, it could mean just our literal flesh, like our flesh and blood, our body, right? And sometimes the Bible, when it refers to our flesh, refers to our physical body. But other times, it refers to something more symbolic. And our flesh really is, talks about the things that we've developed, the pattern of thinking that we've developed, living our life on our own, apart from God. And in this passage, that's what Paul is referring to. When he's talking about not having confidence and not trusting in our flesh, he's talking about not trusting in our own ability and all of the ways that we've become accustomed to trusting in ourselves and trusting in our own wisdom and strength. And we talked about last week how we can really feel the heaviness and weight that Eliza talked about when we do have this way of thinking. That when we adopt this way of thinking that life is dependent on us and how hard we work and how disciplined we are instead of dependent on the Lord. So this is what Paul was talking about before. So when we look at that, it's important to remember that. Because in verse 7 he says, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. So when we read in verse 7 when he says, Whatever things were gained to me, what is he talking about? All those things, all those successes I had in my life working from my flesh. All those things that I had in my experience. All those things in my upbringing. All those things in my education and in my work and all those successes that I had in my life. Those are the things he's talking about in verse 7. He says, those things that were a gain to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. Okay, so when we look at this verse... When Paul says, I have counted all of these things a loss, that word counted kind of has this idea of like calculating. Okay, so I'm actually like thinking about it and I'm considering and I'm calculating it, right? I'm kind of weighing the pros and the cons and I'm like calculating. And he, what he said before, what he's saying is that these things that were a gain to me, uh, previously in the anime they used to translate it profit. Whatever was a profit to me, now I consider a loss. Okay, so this is like speaking my language, because you know, like, I had a background in economics. I used to be an economics professor, right? So this profit and loss is kind of speaking to me, right? So he's saying, whatever it was to my profit, I now move from that profit category over to the loss category. Okay, so for those of you who are in business or have that understanding, it was in the profit side, but now it's in the debit side. It's in the loss side, okay? So what happens here? So he's like considering... This and that's what making him having making this move. Okay, so I'm very. Some people would say I'm kind of like stingy with my money, right? I'm very careful like where my money goes. Okay, so like I love free things. So like on the phone, I love like all the apps you get for free, right? So I love that you can have download this app and it can do all these things for you and it's free. Okay, except what do they always say when you download the free app? What does it always say underneath? It says in app purchases, okay? So it's free to download, 
But if you want to access more, or if you want to have different benefits or privileges, you have to pay. Okay, so whenever I get these different apps, or whenever I go to these different things, I always do what Paul says. I consider, right? I think about the benefit of these different things and what the cost is. Okay, so I have this app, and then whether it's like a streaming thing, or like Hulu, or whatever, and then you look at the benefits, right? So like Hulu, like you pay more, and then what happens? No commercials, right? Or you get some other benefits. Or Spotify, you can do it without ads, or you can skip as many times as you want, whatever it is, right? You consider, right? You consider the cost. That's what Paul is saying here in verse 7. He's considering, like he's calculating. He's like writing it out and, and then measuring it out. And then when he does that, all the things that he thought were successes before, all the things that were gain and profit to him, he's moving from the profit side over to the loss side. Okay? That's really important because when you read this, sometimes it doesn't sound like that. It sounds a little bit different in my mind. When I say, when Paul says, whatever were things to my, were gained to me, those things I've counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. What he's really saying is, before in my life, I saw these things as success, as something profitable for me. Now it's actually something negative for me. Okay, he's moving from a profit to a loss. Like these things before where I thought that this was a good thing, this is a good thing that I had experience or that I had education or that I have skills and that I have talents that I could use to do things in life and get success in worldly life, whether it was money or possessions or different things. Those things before I thought were a positive, but now they become a negative. So the question is, why? How did those things that became, were before like a positive, now they're a negative? They, before they were a profit, now they're in the loss column. Like what happened? How, how did this happen? Okay, let's look at the next verses. He says, not only that, more than that, I count all things to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I count them rubbish so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Okay, so he's starting to give some ideas of why he switched it from the profit column over to the loss column. He said, because I have this other thing now. I have Christ and the value of knowing Christ and being able to gain him and be found in him. Okay, so he's saying, because of this, now I consider those things that were profitable for me, now I consider them a loss. Then why is that? How come these things in the flesh, how come the things that he was trying to do on his own, how come the things that he was trying to do through his own effort, now he consider a loss compared to Jesus? It's because those things get in the way of you receiving Jesus. Those things get in the way of you being fruitful. Those things get in the way of you experiencing our true life in Christ. Those things get in the way of experiencing the peace and freedom and love and all of these things that we experience in Christ. Those things get in the way. Let me give you kind of an analogy. Okay, so let's say you have a baby. Okay, let's say I'm a baby. Okay, so I'm just an infant. And a lot of babies, I see, we have this with our children too, we give them a pacifier. Okay, you know what a pacifier is? It's that little plastic thing, and then they have the little rubber thing on the end that they stick in their mouth, right? And they suck on it. Pacifier, right? Right? So 
they do it because, you know, to calm them down, right? So they're not so frantic, right? They have this pacifier. Um, our son loved the pacifier. We could not get him to stop sucking the pacifier, right? So we couldn't wean him off of that pacifier, right? And it was hard because if you keep doing the pacifier, your teeth get messed up when they start coming in, and then you can't enjoy other things that you're supposed to enjoy. The pacifier gets in the way. If you keep having this pacifier in your mouth, you can't enjoy all of the great food that God has made, all of the great yummy things and yummy drinks. If you keep having the pacifier in your mouth, it's a block. It prevents you from having other things that are so great in this life that are so enjoyable because I love food. So if I kept having the pacifier in my mouth, I couldn't enjoy all of this great stuff that, that God has made, right? That's a picture of what's happening here. He's saying, our flesh is like the pacifier. We keep sucking on it. It makes us comfortable. It's more comfortable if I'm in control. It's more comfortable if I can make things happen. It's more comfortable than having to wait. It's more comfortable if I can actually try to help God out by doing this and to solving these problems. It's more comfortable to me. But it's like a pacifier. We just keep sucking on the pacifier. And I think it's a good analogy because that's what's part of maturity is we take out the pacifier. We stop depending on our own ability. We start tr stop trusting in our own wisdom and knowledge and strength. We stop relying upon our past experience to guide us and to, and to go forward and be successful in life. We stop going forward and try to manipulate things and change things and, and try to solve things on our own. We stop, we take the pacifier out of our mouth and then we start putting all the stuff that Christ has in. Why does Paul say that everything was to my profit? Not only everything that I gained in the past. Here he says all things. So not just the things in my past that I've experienced, but the things that I have right now and anything I can experience in the future, things that I even haven't had yet. I already consider those things a loss too, he says. What is more, I consider all of those things a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I've lost all those things. I can tell you, when we have the pacifier, we can't put other things in. When we have our flesh, when we take control and we try to make things happen, we're never going to experience God's power. Well, how can we? If we're always doing it and if we're always in control and we're always dictating things, when are we going to have the opportunity for God to come in? When are we going to give him the space he needs to show himself to us, to show us how powerful he is, how much he loves us, how faithful he is, how incredible he is, how supernatural he is, how he can do miracles in our life. But all of that is shut out if we have the pacifier. It blo it's blocked. We can't, we can't receive it. We'll never be able to give God the opportunity to show who he really is to us. And when we see who he really is, then we can say what Paul says here. All that other stuff, rubbish. Right? That word rubbish literally means, they kind of cleaned it up, it means dung. Right? Literally it means poo-poo. Right? That's what that word means, literally. He said, when I experience God, when I experience what it's like when he's moving, when he's working, when he's doing the things for me, when he's taking care of me as my heavenly father, when I'm experiencing God in that way, all the other stuff that I try to do on my own, 
That's dung. That's rubbish. But I guarantee you, if we don't give God an opportunity to show himself, we're going to keep the pacifier in our mouth, and we're going to keep sucking. And we're never going to grow. We're never going to grow into maturity. We're never going to grow to experience who God really is because he's awesome. We serve an awesome God. We serve a God who is in control of the whole world and the whole universe. We have a God who loves us so tremendously that he would send his son, Jesus Christ, for us. But we don't get to experience this if we're taking life on our own. If we're God instead of God being God. If we're in control instead of God being in control. If we have the pacifier, we never get to experience any of these things. We never get to experience the tremendous life and joy. We never get to experience any of those things. Unless we let go. Letting go is giving God a canvas. That's the way I like to picture it. It's like we're giving God a canvas. We're saying, here, show yourself to me. Right? And God loves that. God loves when you give him an opportunity to show who he really is to you. That's why I love about the Bible. That's why I love about these other things that we do have. It gives us a picture of who God is. He loves that. So I want to encourage you. What can you lay down today? What can you, what have you been taking to your own flesh and your own wisdom? What have you been trying to solve? What have you been trying to fix? What have you been trying to manipulate? What have you been trying to move forward? What have you been trying to break from? What have you tried to do on your own? And let it go. Consider it a loss. It's not profit. It's a loss. It prevents you from experiencing the fullness of who God is. So Paul goes on and he says it just in a different way. He says, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law. In other words, from his own trying, right? The Jews would try to follow the law and try to follow all the things that uh, were in the law. And that's how they made themselves righteous. But instead of having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, I have that instead. That was which through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. He's saying, I want to replace it. I want to replace trying to do it on my own, trying to feel good about myself, trying to feel righteous by myself, because that's hard. And we feel tired about that, and we get worn out, and it's really hard, and we get burnt out, or we backslide, because it's so hard to try to keep it up, to try to keep on doing the right thing, keep on reading the Bible, or keep on going to church, keep on serving, keep on doing the right things. But where, how are we doing it? We're doing it from ourselves. Instead of seeing, we have Christ's righteousness. And when we have Christ's righteousness, all those things are more natural. All those things are easier. So when Paul says in verse 9, second half of verse 9, he said, this is the way I want you to have. I want you to understand you have Christ's righteousness. You don't have to have your own righteousness, which is self-righteousness. You need to have Christ's righteousness. Then he says in verse 11, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings becoming conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. 
Okay, so this is the important part. When we look at, like, whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss. What is more, I consider everything a loss. It sounds very negative, but you have to focus in on the gains, right? When you're moving it from the profit over to the loss, because you're freeing up the space for God to bring other things, right? What is he going to bring? He's going to bring more of himself. He's going to bring, in verse 11, to know him more. He's going to bring, and the power of his resurrection, to experience that in our life. Okay, but then, okay, it's funny, whenever I read this, I always think the first part is like, oh yeah, I want that. I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. Yes, 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 yes. But then when you keep reading, and the fellowship of his sufferings becoming conformed to his death, that I may, in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead, and we're like, I'm not sure about that part. I like the first part. The second part, I'm not so sure about, right? And so whenever I read this, I think, oh, God, either I don't understand what this means or I'm having a hard time, like, trying to embrace this, the fellowship of his sufferings. Do I really want that? Do I really want the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death? It was interesting. One day um, I was with someone who was close to me, and we are talking, and we're having a conversation. And then um, during the, the middle of this conversation, this person said something that was really hurtful to me, right? That's really, really offensive, right? And I got really upset, right? And so me and this person were started arguing, and then I was uh, kind of like fighting back and then saying things about this other person. And I left that situation feeling really bad. You know, I felt like, gosh. And then... I don't know if it's just me, but do you ever have this where you kind of replay it in your mind, right? It, you keep thinking about it, right? Like, oh, I can't believe this person said this thing and this thing. And then what did I do to deserve it, right? So you think about all the things that you did, and you're like, no, I was good to this person. I said I did this thing for them, and I did this for them. I was really nice to them. And then you kind of replay it in your mind over and over and over, and it gets you more mad, right? When you keep thinking about it, you're like, this was really not right. You know, I didn't think it was right at the time, but the more I keep thinking about it, the more I keep thinking that was so wrong what they did. I kept thinking about it more and more and more. Like, this was totally unjust. I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve what they said. I didn't deserve the things that they said about me. This was totally unwarranted. This was really unjust. And that's what I was thinking. And then the Lord said to me, I experienced that too. When Jesus was saying to me, I was also unjustly accused. I also had people say things to me that were totally untrue, that were lies, that were totally unmade up. They did those things to hurt me. They did those things to accuse me. They did those things to kind of uh, really come against me. And then he said, you got to experience what I experienced. You got to know me in a way you could never have known me before. Because of what you experienced, you have an intimacy, intimacy with me that you never had before. You have a closeness with me because you got to come in and experience something at my deepest heart level. Something that I felt deep, deep, deep inside. You got to feel that too. You got to experience that too. You got to experience what Paul says here, which is the fellowship of my sufferings, becoming like me in my death. 
You got to experience closeness with me and intimacy with me that no one else gets to experience unless they've gone through this. You know, it's interesting. When you go through difficult times, um, people around you, you know, your friends or your family or whoever, they'll try to encourage you during the time, you know? And I don't know if you've had this experience, but there's times where I've gone through really hard things that people are very good intention and they'll try to say things that are helpful to you, but actually what they tell me was very hurtful, right? It was very hurtful. Like things that they would say is like felt very insensitive, right? And so like that was not helpful. That was actually really hurtful what you were saying to me, right? And then I started realizing it's because they never went through what I've gone through. They don't understand. But there's other times when people have come up to me when I know that they've experienced like that deep level of hurt or pain in this particular area. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but I know that they've experienced. And the things they say to me are so different. They're so different. And it does minister to me. And I do feel cared for, and I do feel loved, and I do feel supported by what they say. But the only reason that they're able to do that is because they went through that too. This is what Paul is talking about here. It says we get the privilege of being able to be intimate with Jesus in a way that we could never experience before. And that's what he spoke to me that day. And when he did, my perspective totally changed. I went from being really bitter and really upset and angry to feeling blessed. And that was really strange, right? You feel like you've gone through this and you feel blessed, but I did. I feel blessed. I feel like, thank you, Lord, that I get to know you this way. Thank you that I got to experience something you experienced. I got to know you in a way that I would never known you before. I got to be close to you in a way that I could have never been close to you before. I got to experience an intimacy with you that only could come about in this way. So when we're going through hard times and when we're going through suffering, to know that when Hebrews 4 says we have a high priest who understands us, he understands us because he's gone through everything that we've gone. He's been tempted in every way and yet without sin. He's helped us to be able to say, I've experienced exactly what you've experienced, but I've experienced it in a way that, God, that honors God still, that I've experienced it without sin. I can show you. Come share with me. Come be close to me when you, when you experience this because I experienced this too. And I can show you how God sees it. I can show you how I experienced it, how I went through that, how I suffered, how I went through those things, yet without sin. We have that, we have that privilege of being able to experience and to suffer along with Christ because we're going we're gonna to be in this world. We're going to experience suffering. We will. But it's how are we going to receive it? How are we going to see it? That's important. And this is what Paul's at, at a mission. He's like, he's asking, let me have this so I can know you more. Let me experience this so I can know you deeper. Let me experience this so I can experience the power that comes from your resurrection. Like we talked about in the Resurrection Life series, God only resurrects dead things. If you're experiencing death, then you can experience the power of his resurrection. If you don't experience death, you can't experience the power of his resurrection. Okay, it's not that we have to come seek after it. It'll just come to us. But when we do have it, we can experience him. A greater intimacy with him, 
a greater power that comes from him, that delivers us, that redeems us, that exchanges it, that resurrects us from the dead. We can experience all of that, that closeness with him during those times. So as we close right now, um, why don't we pray? So Lord, I just pray that you would bring those things to mind, Lord. You know, are there things that we're going through right now that are suffering that we're currently experiencing? There's things that, difficulties that we're going through. I pray that through today that the Holy Spirit could keep reminding us, don't take it on your own. Don't take it through your own flesh. Don't try to battle it on your own. That the Lord is the one who fights for us. He is the one that does these things for us. But instead, help us to know that we experience an intimacy with you because you went through all of the things that we went through. You experience everything that we've gone through. But you can show us a better way. You can redeem it. You can show us your presence and, and show us uh, your insight and how you see things. So Holy Spirit, give us that grace and give us that courage and give us that insight to be able to see as Paul saw in here in Philippians chapter 3. Thank you, Lord, that you make all things good. Thank you that you turn everything for our good. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Pray that we be experienced more of that in Jesus' name.